Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, a show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corprew. What's good, revolutionaries? I know it's been a little while. All is good on this end. Just been busy, you know, trying to do the good work of Camelback Ventures, my day job, where we just finished our fellowship. 14 founders were able to be out in Oakland to showcase their talents, their treasures, and how much time they put into their ventures trying to, not even trying to, but creating, you know, and sustaining livable communities for black and brown folks all across the country. So I am very proud of my fellows. I am the director of the Education and Conscious Tech Fellowship, and it means a lot to me to be able to pour into some of the most prolific minds and leaders in our country. I am also very fortunate now that as we go through our selection, I get the opportunity to select 14 more ventures to come into Camelback Ventures and do amazing work with them as they continue to go out and create opportunities for children and families that look like me and you so that we can actually melt down what we think is the racial wealth gap, that we can create wealth in all of our communities. So very grateful for all of my founders, all of the people that I work with at Camelback Ventures, our CEO. CEO Aaron Walker, who basically dreamed up Camelback Ventures several years ago and now has made it one of the most prolific accelerators for women and entrepreneurs of color. And I am very happy to be a part of that. I want to give a shout out to Representative Elijah Cummings. He passed today and we're losing, we've lost a revolutionary a man that has given his life to this country. And if we want to talk about making America great, and he is one of the people that has made America great, particularly for people that look like me and you and everyone. He embodies what it means to be an American, to fight for justice, to fight for all people. And I know the people in Baltimore and the people in Maryland will be mourning greatly tonight the loss of the stalwart leader who said, you know, I'm going to fight at every turn to make sure that my people in Baltimore, my people in Maryland, and all Americans can wake up every day and feel safe and have all of the necessary things that they need to thrive. I'm saddened that, you know, I won't get a chance to interview Representative Cummins, but I know if he were able to answer our question, what's a revolution, he would be one of the most prolific answers that we've ever heard on this show. So rest in power, Representative Cummings. And as we continue on, as I think about why I do this show, and it's an opportunity for me to highlight some of the great men of color, great black men who are doing amazing work around this country. And today is not you know, today is ordinary. It's not an extra extraordinary day because I have another brother who's going to join me here on the show who's going to talk about his dream, to talk about his revolution and why he thinks that all of our children need to have that opportunity to think positively, to find mental resilience. So my guest today is another BE Modern Man. Black Enterprise knows how to pick them because, you know, my brother Alex Edmond at Black Enterprise says, you know, my revolution or his revolution is to make sure that we highlight the best among us. And today I am welcomed by Chaz Scott. Chaz Scott, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm living well, my friend. I really appreciate you for, for reaching out. I'm I'm excited. Let's let's get it going. No doubt, no doubt. Chaz, you know, we ask all of our guests, you know, this proverbial question, what I think is the most thought provoking question of everyone's life. What's your revolution, Chaz? My revolution. Let's see. I, I obviously stems positive thinking, but it's really about instilling mental resilience in our underserved communities, especially. I mean, we all go through ups and downs in life, but giving somebody the the tools, the strategies, the the ability to overcome is one of my passions. And that's kind of what we do with our workshops at Positively Caviar. I, I want to give people the power to realize that they can shape their own destiny uh, using their own mind. Right. That, that's that's my revolution there. No doubt, brother, that they have the ability, would you say, they have the ability to shape their reality using the power of their mind. You know, that's correct. 
Yeah, it's, it is interesting because things t tend to be manifesting for me today, Chaz, as I talk mm. to my, my executive coach. And he says, you know, the mind is an, an amazing thing. And 70% of our thoughts, Chaz, and you might be confirm or disconfirm that, that we go through 70% of our thoughts that happen during the day are negative thoughts. Can you imagine yep. that? Yeah, 70% of our thoughts. We're telling ourselves all the time the negative things that I'm not good enough, that, you know, I shouldn't be with this person, or I shouldn't have this job, or I can't get this job, or, you know, I'm never going to be able to make this kind of money, so I need to just stay here. Why do you think that that's, that's such a large number? That's almost three quarters of your thoughts. Right. Why, do, why do you think that that, you know, that number so high? Yeah. So, you know, you're correct. So National Science Foundation, they published a study, basically said the average human has about 60,000 thoughts per day, typically around 86%, close to 70, 86% of those thoughts are considered negative, and many of those thoughts are repetitive. It really stems from our primitive nature of the human brain, because if you take a look at how we used to live back in the day, we're constantly looking over our shoulder to protect ourselves. So it's a, it's a fear mechanism to, to continue basically our genes. And in order for us to continue to give our, you know, receive the genes from our ancestors and continue the human progression, we had to constantly look over our shoulder to protect ourselves from that saber-toothed tiger or, you know, the bear uh, coming around the corner. So in the brain, I mean, they have what's called the default mode network, which is the DMN, which, which really is the brain's monkey mind. It, like you said, it's, I can't do this. I can't do that. I should stay here. You know, I should, I, you know, I shouldn't apply for that job. You know, I, I, I shouldn't, I can't do this. I can't do that. That's on a consistent basis throughout the day, but it's really to protect you. But at the same time, we're not in those same predicaments as we, as, as we were back in the day. And it really inhibits the ability for a human to truly experience life to the fullest extent. And through the research that I've done over these past couple of years, there are strategies to overcome that, the brain's DMN, which is the brain's default mode network through the willpower of your prefrontal cortex. Right. Well, you, you're, you know, you're dropping some, <laughs> you know, for the average, you know, for the average person, you know, you're, you're dropping some, some words of like, prefrontal cortex what what is what is that you know, you know for somebody yeah. that doesn't have a phd in psychological science what is your prefrontal cortex and how does that how does that play into your your thinking and your decision making yeah so just think of prefrontal cortex is basically right 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 behind your forehead there but it's really the brains i like to call it the brains willpower it's like i'm going to do this i'm going to do that nothing's going to stop me and the more that you can train your brain you know for um, i'm reading this book called the willpower instinct the importance of basically remaining conscious and saying i'm not going to think how my brain is telling me to think i'm going to overcome and say you know what i am going to apply for that job you know what i am going to stand up and speak despite the brain's default mode network of telling me to sit down and to be comfortable. And you must use your prefrontal cortex, which your brain's willpower to overcome that. Um, and it takes time, but there's a there's basically a connection. And I, I actually was just watching a, um, I love learning new knowledge, but I was just watching a, a series on Netflix and it's called, the show is Mindfulness, but it's called Explained. And one of the episodes is Mindfulness. And it talked about how strengthening the connection between the brain's DMN, default mode network, which is the brain's monkey mind, I can't do this, I can't do that, and the connection between the brain's prefrontal cortex, which is your willpower. And between those two connections and saying to yourself, affirmation, 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 what you can do, what you can do, um, staying conscious, believing in your own ideas and thoughts, that connection, the more that you strengthen it, I believe it's, it's, it's human's uh, greatest it's, it's like a superpower, honestly. Right, right. It, it's, it's the greatest muscle. It is the greatest understanding that correlation and being able to, I guess, strengthen it is one of the greatest things that was ever given to us. Right. Um, because you can virtually control your life through right. that muscle every single day. Wow. Wow. Again, Chaz, it's interesting how life manifests itself. Listening to a, a podcast yesterday about self-confidence and... Mm -hmm national winning, you know, national championship winning soccer coach talked about how do you build self-confidence? Because the mind is continuously telling you that you can't do this. And so 
exercising that muscle. That's exercising that muscle, exercising that muscle. And the reason why I said that three times, because it's about practice, right? Yes. Yes. It's about practice. And I, you know, <laughs> every time I say practice, I think about Alan Iverson. You talk about practice. You talk about practice. You talk about practice. <laughs> Not the game. Practice. You know what I'm right. saying? But, you know, you think about Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, 10,000 hours and outliers. And so how some of us are much, much better at things because we've taken the time to practice. And so what I heard from you is saying that we've got to be able to override the DMM, right? Our, our, our monkey mind, but we have to practice that. We've got to, we've got to post little post-its on our mirrors, right? And that's the, yes. and let me override this right now. That's not a woman's thing, right? Because yeah. we, we tend to think, oh, I'm going to put post-its on the mirror. I'm going to put post-its on the refrigerator. That's what women do to feel good about themselves, man. That's some, that's some BS, right? Because the monkey mind is just not a feminine thing, right? Right. Uh, absolutely it, it affects us it affects everybody 100% right it it affects us all and so you're saying to override that i've got to be able to use my prefrontal cortex or right between the prefrontal cortex and the dmm there's that muscle i need to flex and tell myself that i have the willpower to actually do this <laughs> just before i ask the next question i want to say have you ever heard of mel robbins 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, yeah. you, you know about the five second rule. And it's so interesting because that's her mechanism of overriding. That's the muscle that she prescribes is that when the brain is saying, I cannot do it, or when you're faltering or you're, you know, I don't want to do this, you count to five and you just go. And so you're overriding that negative feeling, I guess, that's in the DMM. Is that how you're Absolutely. seeing that? A Absolutely. And, and Mel Robbins, she's really good at articulating it in a fashion that most people can comprehend. You start to stay in this, I guess, this field or this field of study for a long time. You start to recognize that people start to articulate in different fashions, but it all gets back into this, which is how can you overcome the brain's primitive monkey mind that inhibits us to reach our dreams and our goals and the destiny. And I'm so glad. I just want to foot stump what you said about post-it notes. So uh, in my condo complex, ma'am, I have post-it notes. I'm looking at 10 right now on my wall. Wow. I got, I got 10 and I got like three or four on my mirror as I go to the, in the, um, in my bathroom, I have, I'm looking over there. I got like five on my door and they're consistent affirmations, whether I see it or not subconsciously, they're words that I want to instill in my, in my brain and exhibit into my life. You got to get to the point where, you know, you, you want to read the dictionary to pull out positive <laughs> words to direct your life towards where you want to go because, you know, it's thoughts, words, actions, habits, character, destiny. That wow. is, that wow. is the progression of, of where your life is headed. And it first starts with your thoughts. And, you know, if you see words that represent it and instill happiness and success into your life, you will no doubt exude that from your subconscious mind. Do me a favor, Chaz. Do me a favor. Say that progression that you just said, because I want my listeners to know, you know, when they go back and they rewind and they'll be like, what did he say? Right. Thoughts were yeah. Yeah, th that whole progression for me. Yeah. And this is what I do with my workshops. I, I really like to draw this out and I'll, I'll touch on something else besides that. But yes. Yeah, so thoughts, actions, habits, character, destiny. And, and it's, it's a progression towards where you want to go in your life. So for instance, if I wanted to be the best motivational speaker on this planet, what do I have to tell myself in order for me to get there? Right. I want to be the best. I'm going to be the, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to speak here. I'm going to speak there. You're going to find words and thoughts and, and things to support that narrative. So your conscious and subconscious mind, here's what, here's what I also study is the subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what is fact and what is fake, which mm -hmm. means if you constantly tell yourself you are somebody, you will become somebody wow. on a consistent basis. And like right. you said, repetition and consistency, right? Again and again and again, you are literally mapping the neurological structure of your brain to become whatever you want your life and yourself to be. Neuroplasticity, the right. study of how your brain changes over time due to your thought patterns. Tell the story, brother. You are schooling us today, brother. Let me let me tell you. And it, it is so, so interesting just, just to hear that progression because if we think about it, let's move this down. Let's drill down a little bit, Chaz. If we move this down to our boys and girls of color, 
right? Mm -hmm. Who see negative images about them and hear negative images about them. You know the discipline reports that the discipline research and how, you know, the bias that plagues out against us every day right. in schools. And you and I have done a tremendous amount of work, you know, with with the consulting that we've done to over to overcome that, to stymie that. But every day our children are hearing about what you can't be. I remember my high school counselor telling me, well, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe Chucky, maybe this is not the right path for you, right? And I love Miss Antaki. Miss Delna Antaki was a wonderful woman. But I remember her telling me, this is not the right path for you, Chaz. And now, it's the, the irony of it is that she will hit me up on Facebook time and time again, Chucky, I'm so proud of you, mm. right? I'm so proud of you. But there were other people who were telling me, you know what, no matter what, Chucky, you're going to be whatever you want to do. And that was Bertha and, that was Bertha and Charles Corper and everybody that they surrounded me with to make sure that I ended up being Dr. Corper. You know, but the, the interesting thing, Chaz, is, is that you have an opportunity with Positivity Caviar now is to instill back those positive thoughts in our children. Talk more about your organization, right? And and what was the impetus for you to begin going around speaking and doing workshops and working with, you know, students and families about creating a more positive landscape and, and thoughts for them? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Positively Caviar, 501c3 nonprofit based in the metropolitan D.C., Baltimore areas. And we focus on instilling mental resilience by way of intentional positive thinking. And we do that through multiple ways, which is by our Build Self-Empowerment Workshops, which, you know, if, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, there's the bottom, which is psychological needs. But as you start to get to the top, there are the self-esteem, sense of belonging and love, and then you get to self-actualization. PCI or Positively Caviar, we are at the levels of self-esteem and, and love and belonging belonging and then getting to self-actualization because before you can actually believe in yourself and you and you see thoughts in your head and then you actually see the manifestation of your thoughts inside of your brain you're going to have to know how to love yourself mm. and and that's hard for us as as black people coming up in America because as you mentioned we're consistently seeing a narrative that does not support us on a consistent basis whether on a consistent it's media basis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, through media, through social media, through, you know, content on uh, television and, you know, consciously and subconsciously, like when you were growing up, you know, you had people that believed in you and that had an effect on you. Now, you also had people that didn't believe in you. But the fact that you had somebody in your corner saying, you know what, no, uh, Charles, you, you can do this. And I believe in you. It's it's between the ages of zero and six, man. You have a significant influence on a human brain's subconscious mind. Wow! And it, for cool. for every for every parent that's out there, you must consistently give words of affirmation to your son or daughter because studies have shown you know the brain is emitting certain brain wavelengths. I won't dive too deep into it, <laughs> but because of the wavelengths that the brain is emitting at between the ages of zero and about six you have a more impact on the brain, the morals, the character, who that child becomes during those critical periods of, of growing. And it'll exude into and manifest into the future. Right. And I remember, and I'll bring up a good point, which is, you know, when I was growing up, um, so I grew up in Howard County, which is funny because unfortunately, Elijah Cummings, he actually represented the, um, the district that I was from. Rest in peace to him, Maryland's seventh congressional district out there. When I was going through school, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me in, in, in that area. But I always had a mother, a strong black woman that told me, Chaz, you can be whatever you want to be. Whether I consciously believe that or not, subconsciously, that was always in my head. Every single day, despite the fact of individuals that say, you know, you may not want to study computer science. You, you don't have a strong math background. I remember my seventh or sixth grade math teacher said I had to go back and take the fifth grade math in middle school because he felt like I wasn't up to par with my grade. And, you know, my mom had to fight on that and stuff like that. But on a consistent basis, you know, you have to have somebody in your corner to believe in you. And that's why teachers, professors, whatever the case may be, have a significant influence on the ability on the human brain, on the child's human brain to learn. Because if, if the teachers are giving the kids empowerment to believe in themselves, the kids will start to believe in themselves. Right, right. Just like that. 
Yeah, exactly. And one of the things, uh, again, I go back to this podcast, Chaz, that I was listening to, you know, is, is how do we give feedback and how the brain can you know, internalize that feedback. And so we think about these, if you've got 70% of the thoughts are negative and then you're hearing negative feedback, right? Your coach is saying, oh my God, you, you know, you suck. Or, you know, your coach is saying, you did that so poorly. Or how could you even think about, you know, what you're doing? You're just, you're just bad. That continues to feed into that negative narrative, right? So positive thinking is just not about what you're doing. Positive thinking also comes back to how people you're, are giving you feedback. And one of the things that this coach said, Chaz, was when I wanted to give feedback to players who weren't doing a skill correctly, what I would do was actually give gratitude to the player who actually was doing it correctly, and then I had them model why it was correct. And I, then I would look over and say, look, this is an opportunity for you to grow to get like how Chaz is kicking the soccer ball. Look at how he's bending his leg and how he's using, you know, how he's using the arch of his foot to bend, to bend the ball. Try even harder to do that because that's the correct way to do it. And so the, the mind is saying, you know what? Wow, I just got, I can internalize that feedback. He didn't say I wasn't good. He just said I just needed to get better. And if we can, if we can internalize better, right, instead of saying I'm bad, that takes us a whole different way. It takes, us, it, it takes us down the road, like, you know, because the brain has the ability to grow. We all, you know, the research around that is, is that we all want growth, right? The, the brain is this plastic, you know, I'm glad you're bringing it up because it, it's, it's, it's tweaking the nerd in me, right? And I love, mm-hmm. the, I love the brain. But it's so interesting how the brain just wants, particularly, as you know, from zero to 15, right? The brain is trying to soak up as as many things as it can. It's creating this robust network of neurons. You know, from zero to three, you can learn any language you want, right? The brain is just said, you know, give me all of this information. But by 15, between 15 and 21, the brain says, well, you haven't, if you haven't given me enough, I'm going to start pruning these connections. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so what happens then? It becomes harder and harder. But as you said, if we're giving constantly good feedback, if we're showing our children what it means to be successful and, and to overcome their challenges and put them into spaces that they can grow. If we think about Vygotsky's zonal proximal development, right? Mm-hmm. Where that the challenge is not so hard that they're going to fail on their face, but the challenge is hard enough that they can still say, you know what, I can fail, but I'm growing. Right. That, that then still goes back to that positive feedback. So, Tess, tell me more about positive, uh, positively caviar. What do you do? How, you know, and, and if I'm a person who's listening to this podcast, right, and I say, you know, I'm thinking about how can I, how can I influence my child? How can I influence his friends? How can I influence the school that he's in or hers in? Where do you come in? Yeah, no, absolutely. So if I go back to our Build Self-Empowerment Workshops, which stands for Being Unique Individuals While Learning and Developing, Build, which was um, put together by my program manager, uh, Shama. Shouts out to her and all the work that she's doing with the organization. But nonetheless, so our workshops, uh, traditionally we've done them after school settings, coming to middle schools, high schools, we've worked with boys and girls clubs, but it's really about creating an environment, a fun, interactive environment that really gives kids the ability to realize that their thoughts control their lives. But, you know, how do you, you know, I go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Where does that all begin? Self-esteem, self-love. Traditionally, you know, when we're looking, uh, depending on the audience, you know, we'll have fun inter- interactive activities which allow kids to cut out a heart, write down the things that they love about themselves, stand up and talk about the things that they love about themselves. And, and to be honest, Charles, you know, you think these things are easy, but especially within the black community, um, we've done these a lot in, especially in the Cherry Hill community in Baltimore, um, which is one of the, the toughest areas uh, in Baltimore. The kids would stand up and it would be very hard for them to list the things that they love about themselves, but it would be very easy for them to speak about the things that they don't like, don't like about themselves. So what does that say? Their subconscious mind and conscious mind, you know, as they're going through life and school and tasks and going here and going there, they're thinking about the things that bring them down and not the things that bring them up. And we must consistently find a narrative in their own brain, pull it out of them 
to make them realize that, no, no, you are smart and you must believe in that. No, no, you are amazing and you must believe in that. But if they're constantly giving us or, and, and they're showing us in these workshops, they're giving us a narrative that does not support where they want to go. We turn that around and have that conversation and we're not talking at them. One of the things that I love about our workshops is we're not preaching at them. They're speaking to us and it's a constant interaction and we're gauging and learning from each and every one of us. And we have mentors that come out to help us facilitate uh, our workshops. Man, it's, it's, it's really one of the things that I, I truly love about it is, you know, when we, we, we leave our workshops, we still sometimes remain in contact with some of the sixth, seventh, eighth, and eighth graders that, that we've worked with. And they'll consistently reach out to us. You know, can you be my mentor? Can you, um, you know, can you teach me, you know, Chaz, you know, you know, you you said, you know, positive thinking, I got, you know, something I'm struggling with, you know, and seeing the value of, you know, because they're listening, whether they, you know, whether you realize it or not, they're listening and they want, you know, who doesn't want to love themselves? Who doesn't (laughs) want to believe that they can do anything? Like we all want, we all want to be happy. We all want to be passionate. We all want to be excited about life. Like that is humans, you know, human basic nature. And to have that ability on a, on a child's heart and mind, I don't take it lightly, especially in our underserved communities. And eventually I want to get to a point where we can do these workshops on a consistent manner with the same children so we can see the, the true impact on the life progression of, of children in the underserved communities in Baltimore and D.C. Right. No, and I, and I love that. I, I love that work. You know, our boys and, you know, shout out to our women, you know, who consistently hold it down for us and work to, you know, build us up. You know, with, without, without them, you know, sometimes we wouldn't hear some positive affirmations. Yeah. But what I wonder, Chaz, is how do the boys, as they come into your workshops, right, what is it like in the beginning for them? Do you see the vulnerability or do you have to get them to open up? Do you have to, mo- you have to model that behavior for them? They, they absolutely hate it. <laughs> as soon as they come in, it's like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. You, in these workshops, you, you have to be extremely vulnerable. So one of the things that we love to do is, you know, when we first come in and, you know, we're introducing ourselves, even before that, we're playing music that's uplifting, that, you know, that kind of something that they can relate to, but also uh, stay within the ideas and morals of our organization, obviously. But the young men that we work with at the very beginning, they are not vulnerable at all. Most of the time, they're not even paying attention. But and this, and this is what I love because obviously I'm a black male. I, I remember being in that in that space during that time period in my life. So I know what it's like to come in and to be extremely vulnerable about your emotions. Mm-hmm. So so if you put yourself in that in their shoes, start to realize that, feel that. So when I'm speaking. I start to see, like, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what I say uh, during that time period, you know, when I first begin with, you know, thoughts, actions, habits, character, and I, I start to break this down, you start to see like a spark, a light light up in their brain. And then they start to waken up and you start to see their eyes move and you start to see them thinking, you start to see them believing, you start to see them, you, you really like, it's almost like they're dreaming and you can see their dreams like, and, and they just wake up. I remember when I gave a, um, uh, a speech in a workshop with a church in Baltimore, Providence Baptist Church, and there was a young man in there who didn't necessarily wanted to be there. I think his mom told him to come to the workshop, <laughs> but nonetheless, it always happens. A black mother is holding it down, man. They, they know it's best, but he was not that interested. But when I started talking about what he wanted to be and what he could see for himself, whether that was being an artist, um, working with Jay-Z, working with Kanye West, whatever that, that may look like to him, he started to perk up. And I said, okay, so what is it going to take you to get there? I'm going to give you some tools, tips, and strategies. I'm going to tell you about the mind. I'm going to tell you about how this human brain works and what you can do to get there. But you have to see that for yourself. Write it down. Where do you want to go with your life? And when you get down to that basic need, because we all have desires, human progression is all based off of human desires. And we all have them. And when I saw that, and I saw the spark that came up in, our, in, in the workshop, he continued to, continued to reach out to me on Instagram and texting me every now and then. I'm still texting him to this day. And it's truly amazing to see, to, to know that the impact that we're providing is, is substantial where they feel like they have to reach back and say, you know what, I have some things that I'm struggling with. You know, can you help me out, Chaz or Shayma or Nikki, who's my uh, 
chief marketing officer there. Right. So. And that's the wonderful thing about nonprofit organizations. You know, you and I talked about, you know, what happens you know, for nonprofits impact, right? That's what we want to see. We, we, we want nonprofits to have an impact. So, and, and to be able to chronicle that. And so that's one of those things that, that's one of those intangible things that you see jazz that, you know, when people are reaching back to say, can you mentor me? Right. I've never thought like this. I've never had anybody tell me to think like this, right. To cope like this. When, when those negative thoughts come, let me flex this new muscle that you've now shown me. Right. And we need mentorship. And I talk about this at length all the time that mentorship should happen at all phases of your life. Right. Just because I am 40 something, right. doesn't mean that I don't need a mentor. Right, and it doesn't mean that I can't mentor because there are still opportunities for us us to learn. I'm learning this new muscle, right? <laughs> you know, right, right. I, yeah. I'm I'm saying to myself, okay, Charles, what are the post-its going to be on my mirror tomorrow morning, or what are the post-its on the door when I walk out? Right, as I'm walking out the door, what do I? The last thing I need to say going out of the door now to remind myself that remember, right? You are revolutionary, right? You are revolutionary, right? You keep asking people what's your revolution. You you have to remember you are the revolution, right? And, right. You know, and and really understanding that and giving people the opportunity to have that mentorship, I think, is key. Chaz, let's let's go a little deeper for a second, right? Because people always want to know who. Right. Who is this dude? Right. CEO of Positively Caviar. Right. You're doing all this positive work in schools and communities around the country. Right. Particularly, but, you know, in Baltimore and D.C. But who is Chaz Scott? Right. Who are you? How'd you get, <laughs> how'd you get here? Oh, man, it's, it's been a journey. So father was in the military, moved around a lot, lived in Colorado, lived in Louisiana. My father was a um, B-52 navigator in the United States Air Force. So he taught at the Air Force Academy and spent most of my life outside of Baltimore in a place called Elegant City, Columbia area, which is actually where, where um, Congressman Cummings actually represented my district. And I went to high school, elementary school, middle school there. Then I went on to uh, Hampton University to. You oh, know, go Pirates, huh? The, the real HU, you know, <laughs> as, uh, as people would say. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> right. I, look, I, I don't know how Howard's always talking about we're the real HU. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, listen, I, I am a firm believer of all HBCUs. My mother actually teaches at Howard University, and she's a professor there. She's a geneticist, and she studies college campuses, marijuana abuse, and alcoholism to see how that, how that has an effect on uh, families and genes uh, generationally. So I got to talks very young in life. Chaz, how much do you drink? And all this stuff. But yeah, I used to go up to Howard University a lot. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go down to Hampton University, place where, you know, my mom can't necessarily sneak up on me, <laughs> but I can come back when the time is, is needed. So I studied computer science down there. Very interested in the sciences. I, I mean, I really wanted to work for companies like Apple and Sony and develop PlayStations, PSPs, Macs and stuff like that. Coming through school, my dad talked to me about the importance of cybersecurity. Um, so I received a scholarship my last year and senior year, which paid for my last year and senior year, as well as my two years in graduate school to study information assurance, cybersecurity, still at Hampton University, fully paid by the federal government, National Science Foundation, NSF. And while I was down there, that is actually when I started Positively Caviar. And I started to recognize the importance of believing in yourself and finding strategies to do so. Obviously, in the work that I do in cybersecurity, which I'll get to, there is not a lot of people that do the work that I do. Right. So on a consistent manner, I, oh my goodness, you want to talk about 86, 70% of your thoughts negative, man, it's, it's a battle each and every day when I step into work because you don't see people doing what I do on a consistent basis. But nonetheless, when I was down in Hampton, we started doing workshops with the Boys and Girls Club of Virginia Peninsula. I started recognizing the value. Once I graduated from Hampton, received my master's in computer, computer science degree to undergraduate, and then as well as my master's in cybersecurity, I went ahead and worked for the federal government in the what they call the intelligence community. So I work for an organization called NGA, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and we basically use imagery and mapping 
from our satellites to assist policymakers on Capitol Hill, as well as POTUS, uh, President of the United States, and um, <laughs> yeah, that guy up there, to make mission-critical decisions as it relates to the national security of the United States. So in that role, I'm a cyber defense engineer to ensure that those satellites are up to par and nobody is basically hacking, quote-unquote, into those satellites and exfiltrating data. And things of that nature. And so you got a you got a big job, is what you're saying. You're protecting our country. Yeah, you know, I, I do a little something, something. It's, See, that's um, that that's that affirmation right there. That's that positive thinking there, Chaz. <laughs> Coming full circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, and you know, I, I love what I do. To be honest with you, if I look back in high school, this is exactly where I where I saw myself. I take great honor in that, and I, I thank God for the opportunity to be in this space because, you know, obviously in in the spaces that both of us are in, there's not a lot of people that, you know, do what we do that are black, black males. So when there's an opportunity where I can go to universities and speak on behalf of the agency and about what I do, that is my number one concern and goal. Like I will be there, you know, in a split instant because they have to see people in our communities. They have to see people that do what you do, and you start to engage in this space and you start to forget that, you know what, you know, you got you to bring it back. Anything that you learn, the wealth that you've gained, the wealth of knowledge that you've gained, you've got to bring it back to the communities. And I, exactly. I, I do that on a consistent basis because I realize God's given me a life that I am grateful for. And I want to be able to give my all to others inspire people that look like us to believe in themselves. Right. No. And you've got to be able to make confident decisions in a job like that. It's really, really interesting to hear and learn about cybersecurity and to think about the opportunities for black and brown folks in cybersecurity that are not talked about, Chaz, as much as they should be. There's a lot. There's a lot of financial, you know, wealth that can be created by uh, understanding and gaining the knowledge and, and degrees that allow you to go into cybersecurity. It's huge. We've seen the magnitude of breaches that are happening with Fortune 100, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies across the country, across the world. And you think about the dark web and all the information that is out there that, you know, anybody can almost assume your identity with just a couple of numbers. And how do we defend ourselves? And then, Chaz, if we think about this, we don't talk about cybersecurity community in the black and brown community. We just don't. Right. I don't, it's not it's not a conversation that that is that happens at the coffee table or at the kitchen table or, or with your boys. Hey, you know, did you check your did you check your credit the other day? Right. No, absolutely. You know, or, or are you worried about are you worried about when you and, you know, at the gas station, somebody stealing your your pin number or you copying your card where you've got, you know, those fake ATMs. Yeah. Copy everything. We don't talk about that. And that's one of those things that has to be talked about because that's how we're losing wealth. Because many times, you know, scams are happen in our communities and we're not talking about and we're not we're not literate on this. And it hurts our communities. Uh, Yeah, you you hit it right on the money. So one of my friends that I went to school with, he started a company called Cybersecurity Intellects that helps people, you know, who aren't in this space understand it. Because as you said, it has real world implication as it relates to your own bank account <laughs> right? And, and your own information. So getting to the point where you can communicate that to people and say, hey, you know what? You should look into this breach that happened because, you know, 75%, 80% of the time, it could have an effect on your own ability to spend money. Right. Um, matter of fact, a breach happened uh, about two, three months ago. I received a notice that I had to uh, go ahead and check to see if I was one of those individuals that was was breached by this company. And sure enough, I was. And what they do is offer basically insurance to protect against anybody using your, your, you know, your SSN, your, your email address and phone number and things of that nature. And then also they actually provide you with a $200 check, which doesn't mean anything to be completely <laughs> honest with you. It's just to right. say, Hey, we've done our part and we've obeyed the law by the, you know, by the United States. But you have to be able to articulate that to people because it is so important. And as, as we start to get into, you know, technology is, 
is amongst us every single day. I don't think every we can. Every single day, everything we do. And, and all of these apps are asking for permissions yes. to do something on your phone. And we get so used to it. I'm, you know, just yes, yes, right? And yep. you're, you're not reading the fine print. Some of those apps are like, you know, I, I get to go through your followers. I get to go through your email. I get to go through your databases on the phone. I get everything. I was listening to another podcast. Chad, I'm a, clearly, I'm a podcast listener, right? <laughs> How, you know, VPNs, right? You, you think about virtual private networks and how they're supposed to protect you. Well, guess what? This one company that was a VPN was in a European country, but they were collecting the data and selling it, right? It's supposed to be a virtual private network to protect you from theft. They're collecting your data when you're on that network, wherever you go, and they were selling the data. And people were being breached because of this company's selling of that data. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's an atrocity. But that's how you can become ill-informed, Chaz. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job to try to protect us. That's interesting. I, you know, we often don't know the I'm going to call this your sad gig, but it's your first gig, right? That is the, <laughs> no, but it, it still is the impetus for the work that we do. And so that's amazing. That's amazing. Chad, let's jump back into Positivity Caviar for one, one second. And, Absolutely. You know, our, our, time is, our time is running short. It always goes by so fast. I'm always disappointed. I'm like, damn, we only get an hour. But I want you to think if I'm that person, right, and I'm thinking about how am I going to change my life and how am I going to use Chad's model? What tips and strategies do you give the individual as they're thinking about how am I going to change my life and how am I going to change it by using positive thought? Where do I start, right? Where do I start and what are the tips and strategies? So let, let me preface this and say, and this is what I always like to tell people up front is, you know, positive thinking isn't the end all be all. It is one of the ways that I articulate to get you there. Whatever it is that gets you there, go there and use that, whether it's faith, whether it's belief, whether it's positive thinking, whether it's you know going to church, whether it's believing in yourself, affirmations, whatever it takes for you to get you there, you use those tools and strategies to do so. But nonetheless, uh, one of the things that I, I love to tell people is, I mean, we're always, we're stuck in a, a lot of us are stuck in a repetitive, throughout the day, we're, we're doing the same things, we're going to sa- going to the same place, you going the same route to work, we wake up at the same time, we're brushing our teeth the same way, blah, 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 blah. The neurological structure of our brain does not change as much throughout the day if we continue to stay in this cycle. So what happens when adversity hits? Your brain goes crazy because the neurological structure of your brain, which is super malleable, but through progression of time, your brain cannot overcome as easily as you, as you, you know, would like it to to when adversity hits, because we're stuck in a repetitive nature of the neurological structure of our brain. So one of the things that you can do, and I love to talk about is when you wake up in the morning, brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand. Oh, wow. And I've been doing it. Let's see. I've been saying using, I've been saying a year for the past three, four, five months. So it's, it's almost been about a year and a half now, but I started that about a year and a half after the study that I've done as it relates to the neurological structure of your brain. And you're basically creating, this is exactly what you're doing, right? I said the brain is super malleable neuroplasticity. So you are literally changing the structure of your brain because you are, if you think about a path, like uh, when, uh, when water is going down a new path of a, of a, uh, maybe like a dirt road or something like that, and you, on a consistent manner, you're creating a new path and water continues to flow, continues to flow and the water gets deeper and the dirt gets deeper. Pr- pretty soon it comes a river, pretty, pretty soon it becomes an ocean, right? That is literally what you're doing every single day when you're, me- when you're learning something new, when you're doing something new. And when you use your non-dominant hand to brush your teeth, you are literally developing a new path for your brain wow. to go. Tell the story. And, your, and your brain is becoming malleable. It's becoming a lot easier to hit certain points in your life that are out of sync, which I like to say adversity. And they also talk about studies about opening up the creative side of your brain as far as using uh, your non-dominant hand. Another thing that I love to talk about, another strategy, is obviously your diet. Oh my goodness, let's get to the diet, man. Uh, Hypocrisy said, I personally like to say Dr. Savy said, um, food should be your medicine and medicine should be your food. Anything that you give into and you receive and uh, you eat should have, should be plentiful. Oh my goodness. Uh, because studies have shown that the way that you eat has a significant influence on the decisions that you make. So mm-hmm. it's down to this. This is what I love to articulate. It's down to this. If I'm about to take a test 
should I reach for that honey bun or reach for an apple? <laughs> no, really, like it's down to that. Right. If I want to make a better decision on a test and think clearly and have the neurological structure that supports me in getting an A, I must feed my mind, body, and soul with nourishment and 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 food that supports that narrative to obtain that goal. It's interesting because I would always go into my stats exams when I was in grad school with a pack of gummy bears and a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, it got you through, didn't it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I should have had some apples. I, I probably would have done better. I wouldn't have got that A. Maybe I would have got an A instead of an A minus, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, just, um, just something. And you bring up a valid point, which is, you know, everything that I'm saying is uh, we want to be able to put yourself in a position that heightens the percentage of your desired goal. So whatever, everything that I'm saying is not the end all be all, but it is certainly heightening your percentage to get to wherever you want to go. Right. No, and I, I'm, I'm not discounting your comments about food. I, I totally believe that I shouldn't have had the Coke in the gummy bears i should have had the apple all right right. i I definitely and so totally believe in what you put in your body will affect how you think and how you feel i know when i eat more vegan or vegetarian my body feels better my stomach is processed less than eating meat and so i can think clearly because i'm not tired you know when you you get 40 something the body process is a little bit slower you're right the process is a little bit harder, and so you get tired. So I, I have to think about all those things. But what, let me right. cue you back up. What are some other tips that yeah. you give to people to make sure that they're thinking positively? All right. And the biggest one, which I do on a consistent manner, is meditation. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to do this. Sit for 15 minutes. Focus on your breath. Now, meditation is not being able to control your thoughts. Meditation is sitting back and saying, oh, that thought came up. Oh, that thought came up. And being conscious to the fact that your your mind is moving from thought to thought. Because if you start to think about your life and what I said about thoughts, actions, habits, character, destiny, and you're conscious and aware of the thoughts that arise and then kind of go away, and the thoughts that come up and then arise and then kind of go away, you'll start to realize that maybe I should I should be cognizant of how I think. And the better that you be, you can become and you start to do meditation over and over again, uh, repetition and consistency, the better you are at remaining conscious of the conversation that right. is happening in the head. And mm. I lied to you not, Charles. I've been doing meditation for on a consistent manner for about two to three years now, just 15 minutes a day, sometimes longer when I hit the sauna and the gym and stuff. But <laughs> it is... You get so much peace in understanding that, you know, just because I have a thought about this, it, it is not the end all be all as it relates, you know, if it's a negative thought and then vice versa, you get really good at deciphering that conversation in the head and you get so much peace. And when I go into work each day, I am more apt to recognize conversations that is happening in my brain to say, you know what, hold on, hold on, hold on, you, you know. You messed up on this in this meeting, but Chaz, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're going to knock it out of the park next meeting or, you know, you, you start to recognize that you start going down that route before your, your primitive nature takes over. Mm. You recognize and say, you know what? Stop. Chaz, you can believe in yourself. Charles, you can believe in yourself. You're going to do better in the next meeting. That's all right. You didn't hit it out the park this time, but you'll be back and you'll be back swinging better than ever. But you must recognize and stay conscious before you can get to that point. Mm. And meditation helps in that process to believe in yourself and to kind of, let's put it this way, your life depends on the internal dialogue with yourself. Control your mind and you will control your life. Right. No, no doubt. Control your mind and you will control your life. Man, Chaz, this, this show has been amazing. And, you know, we've dropped science. You know, we've dropped thought process we've given we've given tips and strategies on how people can take over right the primitive brain and i love the way that you've couched that way the monkey brain and and 70 percent of our thoughts are negative but we can override that right we can override that meditate be conscious of those thoughts and you know kind of have your kind of have your cheerleader in your mind is what you're saying like look hey you know what failure is okay challenges are okay but you know what if you're you're good enough, even not even if you're good enough to overcome these things. And look, look for models, right? Look for models of success and begin to emulate. I can do that, right? 
I can, I can be just as smooth as Barack Obama. Right? Absolutely. Right? You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> and can, that tan look, suit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that tan suit, bro. That tan I, suit, man. I don't, I don't know about that tan suit. I'm, I'm still, you know. <laughs> it was killing it. Man, I don't, I don't know. Um, I was not, a, I was not a fan. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of all the uh, criticism he got for wearing a tan suit, right? <laughs> right. But look, let me tell yeah. you something. I'm a blue suit man. Like, I don't, I don't wear anything yeah. else, right? I got all blue suits. I bought a black suit, but. I wear blue suits ever, you know, if if I'm wearing a suit, it's a blue suit, right? Right, right. Very right. rarely. But when he brought out that tan suit, I was like, bruh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, look, I don't know, bruh. I was like, that's not you. Put on that, put that blue suit back on <laughs> and, leave, and leave this country. You know what I'm saying? Blue is powerful. Oh, that is yeah, funny, man. Yeah, bruh. I know it's summertime. I know you flaunting, right? You flossing he, a little bit. He was flossing. Yeah. He's like, the man. only president that I've done that. Is yeah, I, look, no, it looked gray or blue. I've never seen it. Look, I've never seen another tan suit, you know? <laughs> but that's my dude, man. And you know what I'm saying? To, to be able to have such a powerful queen. Like he has, you know, our former first lady, Michelle Obama. I am grateful to have been able to live during his presidency as a, mm. as a, as a man of color, as a black man, mm. to be able to see grace and class and leadership and thoughtfulness, mm. right? The ability in my mind, in my opinion, to bring people together and not divide us as a country, right? I often yeah. think about you know, as, a, as we begin to think about what's going to happen over the next 12 months, the, vi- the vile and vitriol that we're going to see, Chaz, over the next 12 months, the fight for our country, and for some of us, the fight for our lives, literally, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fight for our lives over this, the next 12 months to decide who is going to be the next president, and the fervency that's going to happen to try to keep the power w- firmly resided where it is, and then on the other side to try to take it back. But I'm very grateful to have been able to watch a president that look like you and me, mm-hmm. to lead with grace and class, to, you know, to, to galvanize countries from around the world, to bring people together. And so, you know, I think about oftentimes the criticism I may receive or the, the hate that, you know, people may throw at me or my friends. And I always ask myself, you know, not what, what you know, I might ask what would Jesus do? But a lot of times I ask Chaz, what would Barack do? What would Barack do? <laughs> you know, what would Barack do? Yeah, exactly. Because when you're giving a speech to the nation and a senator, a congressman from South Carolina calls him a liar and he kept it moving, he just gave him the look like, you know, I'm going to come for you. Right. 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 But I'm going to finish this speech right now because that's that's what I do. But at the end of the day, I'm going to come for you. That congressman was not reelected. I just want you to know. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) I'm going to come for you. Dear Chaz, you know, I'm grateful for the time together. Let my listeners know where they can find you, where they can hear you. Tell You know, if they want to know more about Positively Caviar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can hit our website. It's PositivelyCaviar.com. So that's P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y. C-A-V-I-A-R.com. Uh, you can find all of our information about our Build Self-Empowerment Workshops. We even have a, uh, a shop full of t-shirts, hats to support your own affirmations in your life. Um, and also those funds uh, support our organization. Um, you can find about uh, about our team there. And we're on Instagram, Positively Caviar. We're on Twitter. I and mean, we're consistently putting out positive content to support your life to overcome adversity and to battle those negative thoughts in your your head to achieve the life that you want to achieve. Yeah, no doubt, brother. No doubt. Chaz, give us the process again. Thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So thoughts, actions, habits, character, and then finally your destiny. Your destiny. I appreciate you, Chad. Everybody, you know, thank you for spending some time with me today on the What's Your Revolution show, you know, where we bring where we bring in some of the most prolific leaders in our country. And Chad Scott is, you know, again, ordinary, right? Because we bring extraordinary people. So it's ordinary for us to have people like Chad Scott on our show. I thank you for, you know, I thank you for the time. I thank you for your patience. And, and as you know, 
it's October. It's, you know, mid-October. You should be progressing along and finishing your answer to what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. So if you need help, you know you can always reach out to me on all my channels at What's Your Revolution on Twitter and Instagram or Charles Corporal on Facebook. Let me know how you're doing, people. If you need some help answering that question, you know I'm here for you. We will talk to you soon. Again, rest in power, Representative Elijah Cummings. Right, 7th Congressional District in Maryland. We appreciate all your love and support and what you've done for this country. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you soon. Take care. Peace.